1: Hello, and welcome to the Homeschooling with Technology podcast. This is your host, Meryl Vandermover. And today, in episode 151, I'm going to be uh, speaking to the person who started Meter Hero. And you'll learn all about it in a few minutes. Um, but this is a practical STEM project that you can get your children involved in. So, our guest today is Nate Conroy. And a big welcome to you, Nate.
0: Oh, thank you, Meryl. Thanks for having me. And, and thanks for you know, including me on this wonderful podcast.
1: Well, um, I think my listeners are going to be very excited about the project that you have. And uh, I actually was introduced to Nate through Eric Nelson from Fan School, and we have done previous episode on Fan School, and he's been on that one. Mm-hmm. And this is totally different, but it's another <laughs> very cool thing that you can get your children involved in. And it's all free. So I'm going to let Nate start off by telling you a little bit about himself and how he came up with the idea for this project.
0: Oh, wonderful! Well, and I'm so glad you mentioned Eric because you know, so like Eric, um, I'm a I'm an educator is my background. Um, I taught at the middle school and high school level. I come from a, a family of teachers, and so I'm just you know passionate about education and and the value of that for young people, obviously. Um, And so this project meter hero actually started because in a real simple way, educators told us to create it. Um, And the story behind that is that I was in graduate school, and um, I was studying to to continue my teaching. And I was in a class about water and challenges related to water. And I come from uh, Oregon, specifically kind of the Oregon, California border. And so my My family farm actually, you know, ran out of water when I was growing up. It's an area that's always stressed by water. So this was a topic that really hit home for me. And as we were studying this class, you know, one one thing that came up was that a lot of people don't really fully appreciate how much water they use or how they use it. And so as a class, we created a little website that sort of tried to show people their water data in a more interesting way than they would see on their bill. So kind of compared to neighbors. Um, And then we also threw in some incentives, some little community, local business rewards, um, trying to get people of to, to care, get adults to, to log in and take a look at their data. And it was, it was fun. It was a neat project. But the hard truth was that we actually were having a hard time kind of getting people to, to break away from their busy lives and, and take a look at data um, until we looked closely and we actually saw that we had a number of people who had signed up and were using the website who had .edu emails. And as a teacher, right, I saw those emails and I said, Hey, those are, those are educators. And, and we interviewed them and they said, look, um, there's this real desire to get more young people to, uh, go into and see themselves as capable math and science students, math and science practitioners. And we know that one way to, to get young people excited about math and science is to find ways to make it relevant and, you know, uh, connected to their real lives. And so these teachers said, we heard that you had made this little website that allowed people to look at their actual home, you know, personal data. And so we're trying to figure out ways that we can use that, you know, with our kids. And so from that, from that day, um, I partnered with, with a woman who's now a principal at at a high school in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, her name is Megan. And, and we essentially just tried to tried to get educators what they need in terms of, um, you know, how, how building this online tool that would allow students to, to look at their data from their very own home, you know, what would that take? How, how could we make that easy and make it something that um, people could could utilize? And I think what's been so powerful is that, you know, a lot of people have said that so much of STEM sometimes requires Uh, you to purchase additional technology or requires you to, you know, go to maybe a maker space or something where they have, you know, uh, specialized tools. And what's really sort of, you know, I've become this meter nerd, but the one reason I've become a meter nerd is that these, these meters, these, these water, electricity, natural gas meters are already uh, at our homes. They're already Mm -hmm. at places where we work or, you know, go to, go to school or, you know, they're just all around. And so if we can just Empower students to to leverage that technology that's already there. Well, then that just is a tool that's so much more accessible to so many more people. Plus, you know, by the way, this actually makes a difference, right? We know that that there's, um, uh, you know, I think it's a quarter of families in the U.S. are energy and water burdened. In other words, they spend, um, you know, far more than than what would be recommended on their utility bills. And so we can we can actually, you know, help address issues related to economic uh, challenges and environmental challenges at the same time that we build enthusiasm for for, um, math and science inquiry. So that's that's the background of how we got this started.
1: Okay, so now if we go onto your website right now, what are we going to be seeing and what will students be able to do?
0: Yeah, what you will find at the core is what we call our data dashboard. So this is a place where students can learn how to collect data from their utility meters. In other words, we teach them how to, number one, physically take a look at them, learn how to read them, learn how to extract uh, and, and take a reading from them, keep track of those readings. And they, they, we walk them through a project plan whereby they will do authentic inquiry. So they're going to collect the data. They're gonna b- learn about ways that um, are kind of best practices for how you might be more efficient. And then what we're gonna do is we, we actually really pride ourselves in being an open-ended project. So this isn't, this isn't canned, you know, this isn't like, do these three steps and then here's the outcome that we sort of knew was gonna be the outcome. And we're just having the students sort of verify that indeed, this is what happens. Instead, this is a this is an uncanned real world inquiry where we're gonna teach students about some of the typical ways uh, that a home might become more water and energy efficient. But then what we're really gonna do is we're gonna empower the students to look at the data that they have collected, notice patterns. So for example, they go, gosh, Tuesday and Thursday, my water use really spikes. I see the data go way up. And we're gonna to say to the student, you know, What's going on there? You're the, you're really the only one who kind of knows your home the best. And so, you know, what do you think is going on there? And we empower the student to then design an experiment. So that student might say Tuesday and Thursday, I think that's when our sprinklers are coming on, on our lawn. And I think that's causing the water spike. And we'd say, well, as a real engineer or scientist, it's not enough to just, you know, sort of stop at a hypothesis, as you just did but let's collect additional data, try to make a change and see what evidence we can collect to sort of back up or verify that your hypothesis was correct or, or not. Um, and so what, what you'll find online is a dashboard that walks students through that step. Mm-hmm. And then the final thing, which I'm really excited about, and this is, goes back to Merrill, you talked about our connection here. We've partnered actually with Fan School to provide a safe place where students can then share their findings right share their real world conclusions and evidence about how they successfully made their home more water and energy efficient a safe place to share that information with students from you know around the world right so we're really uh, not just seeing students as sort of Mm. people who a decade from now are going to be impactful citizens but like hey let's 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 recognize them as as impactful citizens right now
1: Wow, um, you've put a, you've hit on all the things that I love, and um, people who've been listening to this podcast oh, cool. for a while will know that I'm passionate about project based learning. I, I mm. think that's great, and I I love things that are um, real life. And Mm -hmm. so that students can immediately see the purpose of it. And of course, here, they're going to be learning a lot of math and learning about Mm -hmm. data collection, learning about the Mm -hmm. scientific method. There's all these kinds of things they're going to be learning about. Mm -hmm. But it's practical because it's it's their own homes. And the other thing that I always love is the fact that they can share what they have discovered with the world. And Mm -hmm. um, I've talked about that in previous episodes about the concept um, that the fact that the internet now gives us this ability to actually share things. Um, Because when you're just doing this, especially as homeschoolers, you know, um, but if you're just doing this at home for your mother um, who to give Mm -hmm. you a grade, it's not Mm -hmm. very motivating. Whether it's a piece of writing, whether it's, you know, whatever project, if you know that some other people, you know, so if you're somehow sharing it, and of course, the internet makes it easy and you are literally using Eric's platform to let them do it. um, But that's the sort of thing. It's like for them to know that somebody else could read what they have written makes them take more effort and more pride in what they're doing. So, you know, this is a project that will also then, of course, improve their writing skills, because if they know somebody else Mm -hmm. could read this, they're going to take Mm -hmm. more pains and perhaps run it through Grammarly before they post it to Mm -hmm. make sure that, you know, they haven't got uh, grammar or or spelling errors. So I think it's, I I love it because it's, it's so real life and it encompasses so many different skills
0: um, that the kids can do. Well, and I might, and I just, you know, just to build on that, I think is so motivating right and i think for us whether we're a homeschool parent or or you know an educator you know like me kind of i've taught in a traditional classroom but you know we just we're in it because we want to provide you know we want to build independent you know thinkers right students who who you know not just sort of we're not just shoveling facts into their brain and so what i love too is that you know students recognize when something is real and Mm -hmm. it doesn't have a Kind of foregone conclusion. And so, you know, you mentioned the the power of students being able to share with other students. And I think in this context what's what's extra special is that it's not just about students sort of sharing their their final, you know, here's kind of my final conclusion, but they're actually talking about the process as well, right? How how did you run your experiment? How did you isolate variables? And so in in the real world as a real scientist, um sometimes you you set out to you know to test a hypothesis and and what you think is going to happen it doesn't happen and that's okay right in the real scientific world we're contributing to this body of knowledge whether our data turns out exactly as we predicted or not and so i think it's really powerful too to break down for students that it's not like in the real world world it's not like every project has you know a, a right or wrong answer in fact most of the time i'd maybe even argue maybe almost all the time it's it's about just explaining the truth of what we find through our investigations, right? Not sort of just, just verifying a foregone conclusion. So I think that's really powerful to expose students to that type of community and that type of feedback to each other, rather than just, um, uh, I guess, kind of a more simplistic way of of a math problem being right or wrong, or a science problem being right or wrong.
1: Correct. Um, What age
0: is this good for? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Great question This is one we get a lot. One thing that's nice about this is that, um, you know, it's not, it's not really grade specific. It's just that as students get older, they generally have a greater capacity to do more sophisticated analysis, right? So we've had students as young as fourth grade, and maybe they uh, get a lot out of, you know, going and finding their utility meters and just sort of even that light bulb moment of like, wow, my home is connected to, you know, this whole system that, that brings water and brings energy. You know, it, it doesn't just, you know, we, we've had a student write in that, you know, I I thought the water just kind of came from below the sink, right? You <laughs> know, it's like, no, that is actually, you know, comes from this whole system. So, you know, so, and, and then sometimes they just stop there, right? Um, We actually have something where we teach students how to find leaks. It turns out that leaks are like, of an average homes usage, you know, across the country. And so just even kind of finding leaks can be a meaningful activity. Um, and then as you get older, we've had, you know, we've had up to essentially kind of 18 year olds, right? Kind of senior in high school age Mm -hmm. who have done this and, and that works at that age because they can do more of that sophisticated data analysis, right? Maybe they collect data over a couple different seasons. So like they start in the fall you know, as the weather changes, they notice the data changing as heat comes on or as air conditioning shuts off or as outdoor watering tapers off or whatever, right? But they look look at the data over seasons. And then as an older student, they're able to, to just be more sophisticated and more, uh, I guess, evidence-based in their analysis. So they would say, you know, here's my conclusion and I'm gonna support my conclusion with data and evidence that I gathered through this project.
1: Right. Um, how long does the project take to do?
0: Mm-hmm. Well, so in that first example with like a younger student, you know, it could be just, just be a single day, right? I mean, mm-hmm. if you wanna sort of stop the project at, hey, let's find our meters, let's have a discussion about where our water and energy come from, um, that, that can be a day. We would suggest that sort of trying to do the whole project where students, you know, find patterns in their normal usage design an experiment where they're gonna to try to be more efficient, and then they're gonna collect data on, on how that experiment goes. We generally think that that's about a three week, two and a half week project. It's not like you're doing it all the time. I mean, these are little mm-hmm. short bursts um, where you're just taking a reading one day or you're you know, um, uh, implementing a change, but generally we wanna give a week for students to collect data, what we call their baseline data. So like what's mm-hmm. a normal week Of usage look like, and we like a week because you know weekends have a different usage pattern than than certain days of the week, right? Students really pick Mm -hmm. up on, gosh, you know Saturdays that must be laundry day, right? A ton of ton of water usage and you know energy usage on Saturdays or something like that. And then we give one week where they've implemented a change, so maybe they've changed that outdoor watering, uh, the way that the watering is done outside, or maybe they've changed the setting on the laundry and they're going to do that eco mode for a whole week and see what difference they can detect with that. And then sort of a week to um, to, to get on to fan school or, or however they want to do it and, you know, communicate what they've found. So generally two and a half, three weeks. Um, although, again, we've had some people that say, I'm really interested in tracking this sort of longer term and taking a look at seasonal changes. Um, and, or maybe the older older sister goes off to college and that's how they are change. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're doing the long showers or whatever. So yeah. So, anyway, so there's flexibility there, but generally, um, Meryl, I'd say I'd say two and a half weeks.
1: Okay, so um, I've been on the website and looked around, and so when homeschoolers go on there, they would sign up. The parent would sign up as a teacher, correct?
0: Correct. Yep.
1: And then you will send them all the info, and then they'll add their children onto
0: it. Correct. Yep. Yep. Okay. And they can either do it, either do it. You know, sorry again, just just their family, or um, they can actually add you know, I know that sometimes homeschool families, uh, you know, work together in a pod right. or, you know, you know and so they can, they can all be together. And what's kind of cool about that is then um, we, we keep it, you know, anonymous. So, so you're, this isn't like, we're not connecting your real, uh, we're not connecting to your actual, you know, utility account or something. Right. But what mm-hmm. we're doing is, is there is the ability for students to see the data and kind of compare consumption. Right. Which is really interesting because it's like, gosh, why does your home or why does my home use mm-hmm. so much more water than your home? Um, and we don't put it in like a guilty way, you know, but it's, just, mm-hmm. but it's just interesting. It's just it's just the data saying, huh, let's investigate that. You know, what's different? Oh, you've got a, you've got a I've got a much bigger family than you do, or, you know, we, we've got a bigger lawn or something. But, you know, these are, again, sort of when you can do this as a community, um, it just makes some interesting comparisons, interesting uh, data right
1: i mean i think that um you know definitely if some of my listeners out there perhaps uh, co-op teachers and you're teaching in either the math or the science field that this could be um a great thing just to incorporate in in middle or high school and the other place that i could think of is like 4-h uh when i was involved Mm -hmm. with 4-h with my kids Mm-hmm. Um, I actually ran the computer and technology project group, but um, any of the project groups that deal with environment or math and tech, or any of those, this would be great. Um, you know, if, if you are in an area and perhaps maybe you run one of these to actually incorporate this in um, for a group you know, that's falling under 4-H. So those are just other places that I can think of, you know, small groups perhaps getting involved in them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think this is really fantastic. And homeschoolers, mm-hmm. if you do this, um, I'd love it if you came over to our Facebook group, uh, the Homeschooling with Technology community and, and share how it went for you. Um, mm-hmm. I'd, I'd love to know who actually does this and what your kids learned and how they enjoyed it. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, it's easy to find. You just go to, you just Google Meter Hero. Um, It's one word, but I will also have the link to it in the show notes. And you can find the show notes at homeschoolingwithtechnology.com as usual. Well, Nate, thank you so much for coming on today and telling us all about this.
0: Yeah, yeah, Marilyn, I'll say just, you know, in case anybody's wondering too, because we didn't mention it, but so Meter Hero got a big grant um, from the Vela Foundation, V-E-L-A- to to do this outreach and make this a you know a costs are covered make this a free offering to um, homeschool families and so I just you know I just want to make sure to really thank them and, oh, and again yes. just, you know let we didn't bring it up but just in case somebody's going how much does this cost or whatever again I just want to really thank the Baylor Foundation for taking you know, that cost out of the equation and making this something uh, freely available to homeschool families. It's wonderful.
1: We appreciate it. (laughs) Homeschool families are always up for things that are great quality and not too much money because you're paying for all your education out your own pocket. Well, thanks again so much for coming. And um, I really hope to um, hear from some of our listeners who actually try this out.
0: Thank you, Marilyn. And thank you to all the families out there. I appreciate it.
1: And to all my listeners, thank you for listening in again. And I will see you again, same time, same place next week.
0: Thanks for tuning in to Homeschooling with Technology with Meryl Vandermeer. Visit her at fundafundaacademy.com and homeschoolingwithtechnology.com. Homeschooling with Technology is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network.